and we're back. Alrighty, so just like Eliza was saying, I had also decided to do this creature a while ago. I first found it in the Mythical Creature Bible by Brenda Rosen, which is one of the books that we have at home. And like, it's great for getting ideas, but all it has are like blurbs and then sometimes pictures. The smallest excerpts. Yeah, so you kind of have to take that idea and go look in other places for the actual research. But then, like I had found it, and then we were having a grab bag, and Mami Wata has some relation to mermaids, so I didn't want to talk about it and have you guys, like, sick of mermaids. So I'm going to tell you now about a creature called the Ningyo. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. It just clicked. It did. It really did. <laughs> Ningyo is spelled N-I-N-G-Y-O. It literally translates as nin, person, and gyo, fish. The description of a Ningyo is definitely not how I painted her. <laughs> oh, yeah. I took a little bit of artistic liberties. The lore paints it, in my opinion, a little, like, grotesque or scary. Hmm. It has... The entire body of a fish and only the head of a human. I'm thinking Ponyo right now. Mm-hmm. We'll get into it. Sometimes described as having the mouth of a monkey with fish teeth. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no. I don't like it. It gives me chills. Oh, no, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> it has the voice of a flute or a skylark and supposedly... Its flesh tastes really good, which obviously my brain's relating that to like the common picture of a mermaid and is freaking me out. Do you see my face? It's not, not good. I made this face at work the other day and my supervisor was like, fix your face. <laughs> I was like, I'm just looking at him like this as they were talking. <laughs> fix yourself. I'm sorry, I can't. What were they saying? I think they were talking about some like some situation that was going on and it was not cute and I just could not keep my face straight for that that whole description. I was like, no. All right. So it's believed that if you taste the flesh of a ningyo, you will gain longevity of life. However, removing a ningyo from the sea was considered bad luck. It would call down storms onto your ship. So fishermen would toss them back if they accidentally caught one. Punch the fish. Sorry. <laughs> Hopefully not. I feel like that would hurt. They just like take them out of the net and toss them back in the water. Punch the fish controls the weather. <laughs> <laughs> to bring him a sandwich. Every, what was it? Every Tuesday or something? Yeah. Punch the fish has to have a sandwich. He controls the weather. Yeah. I can't give him tuna. Do you know what tuna, tuna is? It's fish. It's fish. <laughs> If I gave Pudge tuna, I'd be an abomination. I <laughs> love it so much. Oh my god, so fucking amazing. Oh, Lilo and Stitch is definitely uh, got a good part in my place in my heart right now. I read this really sad, like, explanation. I don't know if it's true or not. It was definitely this person's headcanon, but whether or not that was, like, the intent, I don't, like, of the creators, I'm not sure. Mm. But this person was like, why do you think Lilo was so concerned about this fish who controlled the weather? Because their parents died in a car accident because of a storm. And yeah. I was like, why would you tell me something like that? 
just when I thought we were done ripping my heart out in the middle of a Disney film, you just ripped it right back out. So. Okay, where was I? I'm sorry. I got lost. I got really just, I, there was something about. If punting took, a fish. Uh, yeah. <laughs> punting. Punting a fish. Yeah, I thought that's what you said. That's what started the whole thing. I thought you said, yeah, just punt the fish back into the water. <laughs> that's why I was like, no, you got to do it softly. You just got to toss it. You just out into the <laughs> Anyway. So they would toss them back so that they wouldn't be cursed with misfortune. That's fair. If you find one washed up on a beach, it's an extremely bad omen. Calamity or war is about to befall you. Mm. So seeing one washed up on a beach, right? My first thought was, oh, like a natural water disaster. And I know it, it's meant to be more broad than that. Like you're going to be hit with calamity. But my first instinct was, what can kill a mermaid? Horrible pollution? Extreme climate change? Mermaid political assassination before the kind king's family is destroyed so the new evil regime can take over the entire world and murder all humans? Okay, that was a little intense. (laughs) What? You know, the regular mermaid politics. Somebody's been reading some mermaid novels. I have been reading, yeah, I have read mermaid novels. I'm just like, sitting over here like, I don't remember this part of the conversation. <laughs> they were pretty good books. Okay. So <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, a mermaid washes up on beach. What caused the death that's going to end up in calamity for humans? Anyway. I'm just like looking to the side like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so one of the more famous tales about a ningyo is called Hapyaku Binkuni which means 800-year-old Buddhist priestess. Wow. The story goes thusly, and I've read this a couple times, so I just wrote it myself. There was once a man that lived in Wasaka province. He was a fisherman by trade, and one day he caught a rather unusual fish. In all the many long years he had been fishing, he had never seen such a one. And so, in typical fisherman fashion, called all of his friends over to have some of its meat. One of his guests happened to look in the kitchen and see the human head of the fish and warned all of the dinner guests not to eat it. The guests decided that they would hide the food and on their way home dispose of it. The fisherman came into the room bearing a platter of grilled nino and gave some to each man. They surreptitiously put it in napkins in their pockets and planned to throw it away. But one man overindulged in rice wine and forgot to throw it away on his way home. When he arrived at his house, his daughter demanded a gift from him. He carelessly gave her the napkin from his pocket, and by the time he came to his senses, it was too late. She had eaten the meat. For a while, he was worried she would be poisoned, but she ended up being okay. Over time, she grew up, and when she was old enough, she got married and moved in with her husband. The years continued on, but she never grew any older. She stayed young and beautiful while first her parents, then her husband, grew old and died. She outlived all of her friends. She remarried and outlived that husband. Over and over, she married and was widowed. After a time, she decided to not remarry. Never again would she watch another husband die of old age as she stayed the same youthful woman that had married her first young love. Instead, she became a priestess and traveled around the world. At every place she visited, she planted a tree, either a camellia, pine, or cedar. 
After a time, she grew tired and returned home to Wasika province in Obama village. Obama? Obama. Okay. (laughs) Here she planted the last of her trees. She came to the end of her life in this village 800 years after it began. And they say the trees still stand to this day and are 800 years old. That's a pretty cool story. But you know what I keep on thinking about after you're telling me about this? Hmm. Is how in Ponyo, when Sasuke shows the old people at the old folks home, the fish, Ponyo, the one old lady was like, oh my god, it's gonna bring bad fortune, put it back in the water, put it back in the water. And I was like, now that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I understand now. From the actual lore. Yes. So... The version I just told you is an amalgamation of a couple different stories. They're all pretty much called the same thing regarding the same woman. Usually the difference in the story is how the child came to eat the meat. Mm. Where like sometimes she asks for it. Sometimes she searches his pockets after he changes. The choice of words really gives me the feeling that the little girl was kind of a bratty kid when she was little because it's always like she demanded a present she demanded he give her something or like she's sneaking through his belongings and i don't know if that's like how it was supposed to actually be or if like in translation to english like a a word choice was made Mm. the first time i read the story it didn't mention the trees but like the third version of the story i read had the trees, so i wanted to include those And then also sometimes her father, instead of it just being like some random man, Mm -hmm. sometimes he's like a learned scholar. Oh. Yeah. Not just like a drunk at a party. But since this story isn't really focused on him, Mm -hmm. I didn't go into that. Right. So there's another story of a Ningyo, and that is of how Tensho Kyosha Shrine came to be. A long time ago, Prince Shotoku was walking the shores of Lake Biwa. He stumbled across a beached Ningyo. As it lay dying, it told the prince the tale of its life. He once was a fisherman that trespassed on protected waters. As punishment, he was turned into a Ningyo. Having learned from his punishment, he asked the prince to build a temple to house his mummified body, to be an example for the rest of the world about the sanctity of life. A temple was built on Mount Fuji in the middle of Aokigahara Forest. There are no transports to the temple, so plan ahead if you want to see the mummy of this Ningyo and its shrine. Eliza's face right now. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, like, I don't want to see one of these, like, alive. I'm good. I also don't, definitely don't want to see one mummified. I don't need need to be near a mummified Ningyo. There, There are plenty of shrines I'd be willing to go to. I do not want to go see the mummified Ningyo. I'm fine. I'm good, really. It's like when you have that conversation with someone and they're like, oh, do you want to do this? It's like, I'm good. And then they don't understand what you're trying to tell them is, thank you, but no, no thanks. In most mythology I've found, people try to find the scientific part. Like Mm -hmm. what is actually happening here that could explain like some of the mythical creatures? Oh, they were being described to someone who had never seen a giraffe before and that's how you get like a snake a long snake head on like a leopard's body (laughs) right so for like the scientific theory is that some people believe that the fishermen were actually seeing dugong which is a relative of a manatee in the order i love this sirenia oh 
which I think is a perfect scientific name because it's related to like siren, sirenia. And they thought these were mermaids. How cool is that? It's got the biggest Noah's face. Yeah. I just want to like, oh, <laughs> so cute. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> so these days there are multiple versions of the Ningyo in anime. Miyazaki's Ponyo is depicted as a goldfish body with the head of a human. Mm-hmm. They're also in the animated film Lou Over the Wall. Oh, I love that one. Other more, and there was a catastrophe in that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Other more mermaid-looking ningyo are in shows such as My Bride is a Mermaid. And in One Piece, they have both fish men and merfolk, mm. among many others. So I drew mine as a little more typical of a mermaid shape, but with scales her entire body and colored like a koi fish. And she's so pretty. Oh, so pretty. And on that note, hey, Eliza. Why am I first? Tell me something to brighten the mood. Okay. Brighten my mood away from calamity. She did the whole, like, multiple batting your eyelash thing. Something to brighten the mood. We have a new cat that comes to our backyard that's from the streets, which I thought was pretty cool. I feed the cats in our back porch covered area. And since we live in an area where there are a lot of street cats, like, Leah's very allergic. I am so allergic. She's very allergic. So we can't bring them home inside with us, but, and we don't know if they belong to anybody. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. So I just take some food and I put it out as a dish for them and they eat it. And I see some of the same cats and sometimes we get new cats. And the new cat that I saw yesterday, I took a picture of it. It's so cute. It was very freaked out by Dova because Dova's just giant. But Dova's like a big Dorcas sometimes and she's just very, very, very curious. And she was kind of raised by a cat. Yeah, she sits like a cat. So she'll sit like a cat sometimes. So she was like, friend? And the cat was yeah. like, oh, no. I sent a picture to my my little sister and she was like, we should call it French toast. And I was like, why? And she's like, because it looks friendly and it makes me think of French toast on a Sunday morning. And I'm like, I mean, that's cute and all, but all right. <laughs> so that was something to brighten the mood. Also, we went and we had a really good time at your birthday party and that was great. And we had, I think it was burgers and hot dogs. Yeah, that was good. Had a good time. Brighten the mood for me, please. I say it like it's a wine, like a little kid. I'm like, what, almost 30? Almost. So I got my birthday present, my hatching day present, my leveling up to 30 present, as my sister says. And I have been patiently waiting for it. I have known for a couple months that I was getting it. And basically, my entire family went in on a cry cut machine. And you can tell me it's pronounced cricket all you want. I refuse to call it that. And it's the cry cut maker, mm -hmm. specifically. And I'm like super excited for using it. I've got like ideas written down so I won't forget them because I do that. I have a terrible memory. I'm excited because then we can start making some actual stuff ourselves. Yeah. For this podcast, other than trying to do stuff through Teespring. Yeah. 
And then one of my ideas is, as you guys know, we have so many coffee cups. I originally had a coffee cup holder that held 14 coffee cups, and we have way surpassed that. But Mm -hmm. what I wanted was to write the word coffee around it in different fonts. So I'm going to finally be able to do that with cutting the white vinyl with the cry cut. And then I'm going to be making cards, and I'm going to be making stickers. Eliza better be prepared because there's going to be stickers on everything. I've been trying to prepare myself. Okay, so I need to put some backstory into this. Leah has been wanting a cry cut for like years. Every year she talks about it and she's like, I cannot buy this for myself because it's so expensive. And I was like, you know what? Bitch ain't gonna complain about that no more. I'm just gonna fucking get it for her. So I waited watching the online bundles and stuff. And I finally found like the right color, the right bundle, everything. And I was like, okay, I'm finally fucking buying this. So I did. And then after the fact, I was like, does anybody else want to come in on it with me? Because <laughs> it was really expensive. It was still expensive, even with like the deal I got. But I was just like, okay, I finally got it. So now you have it. It does pretty much everything. Lots of things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited. So it's basically like a more intense version of a label maker. And I love my label maker. So there's just going to be things on everything. I'm going to have a label. Everyone's going to have a label. Yep. So for a little while, I'm going to be a little chaos goblin and tag stuff in the house with decorations and making things. And everybody's going to be getting like homemade presents. And I'm super excited about it. Yeah. It's also, we're recording this on Father's Day. So to everybody that's celebrating Father's Day or has celebrated Father's Day, happy Father's Day. (laughs) My coworker was actually like super... He's my work husband. He was saying how, like, for Mother's Day, companies have stuff out to buy stuff for mothers, and they, like, do ads for months in advance. Mm-hmm. And then for Father's Day, he's like, the cards go out a week before Father's Day. <laughs> he's like, we're not all deadbeat dads. I mean, true. It is true. And I think we found our Father's Day cards two weeks in advance yeah yeah but it's not nearly as much hullabaloo as there is for mother's day no definitely not here's a shout out to all the dads and adopted dads yes i have a few (laughs) (laughs) a few is a word for it i feel like a lot of male figures in my life are like adopted i'm like okay (laughs) you're very easy to adopt i am i am i also have a lot of female figures in my life that are like adopted yeah (laughs) so it's like Forever the adopted child. (laughs) It's all about the family you choose, not the one you're born with. Truth. All right. And with that, reminders, everybody, make sure to check out our art for this week's entities on our Instagram at Coffee Table Mythos. If you want to share any art of your own of these beings, make sure to use our hashtag Coffee Table Mythos so that we and our followers can check them out. As always, if you have any stories or requests, please email us at coffeetablemythos at gmail.com. And remember to mention if you want a shout out of a name or handle or if you'd like to remain anonymous. You can also find us on our Facebook page, Coffee Table Mythos. You can message us on here as well. Check out our merch on Teespring at teespring.com store slash coffee dash table dash mythos. We are adding more listings as we research more beings and make more art. If you want to donate to us, you can on anchor.fm slash coffee dash table dash mythos slash support. For right now, all donations will go to making this podcast better. 
Thank you so much for listening. Please give us a like, follow, subscribe, share, and review our podcast if you have the time. We are interested in what you have to say. This is Coffee Table Mythos. We'll catch you next time. And we're back. Woo! So, I did not realize that you were going to mention the Oracles of Apollo. So, this week, (laughs) (laughs) I am talking about Cassandra, the seer that no one believed from Greek mythology. Cassandra was a princess of Troy, sister to Hector, Hellenus, and more. Daughter of Queen Hecuba and King Priam. Hecuba. Hecuba. That's a name. If she was a real person, she would have been alive during the time of the Trojan War. The reason I specify this is because there has been an on-again, off-again debate as to whether the Trojan War happened and whether the characters involved were even real people or if it was complete fiction. So if it was a real historical event, It's believed it would have taken place in either the 13th or 12th century BCE, but by the middle of the 19th century AD, the general consensus was that the city of Troy and the famous battle were not real. But then in 1868, a German archaeologist, Heinrich von Lüftenstein, I'm sorry, you can take that out. That was like the first thing I thought of when you said that. Schleiman. Beaver. I need to write that down. Hold up. Let me write Beaver down somewhere. So I remember. Schleiman. (laughs) I need to stop laughing. Can you please do that again? Schleiman. Go ahead. (laughs) Laugh while I'm not talking. I I don't know why it's making me laugh. Like, biggest, biggest Mm -hmm. in. (laughs) I'm probably saying his name wrong. It's German, so I don't know. I can't. Anyway, he met an Englishman named Frank Calvert who managed to convince the former that Troy was real and exists in present-day Turkey. Schleiman and other archaeologists did some excavations there, and now the claim that Troy existed there thousands of years ago is accepted by many scholars. Huh. So Cassandra is described as having brown or flame-colored hair and gray eyes. Ooh. Sounds pretty. <laughs> when you said ew, I thought it was like, ew. No, I meant, I meant ooh, sounds pretty. Like your hair, kind of. Thank you. And your eyes, kind of. I Get- got them from my father. <laughs> God. I do. I look like my dad. She is beautiful. Eyes. No, I don't look like my mom. You don't look like your dad completely either. You're like a smash of the two. I am like a smash. You're, no, Jeff looks like your dad. Yeah. Kim looks like your mother. Yeah. And you look like... You took both parents and smashed them together. I used to have a picture on my phone from when we got our passport pictures taken because we all went together. So we all got the pictures at the same time. And when you go, they print two pictures and you get the extras and the other one goes in your passport. So I lined up the pictures and took a picture of the pictures. And it was my dad, me in the middle, and my mom. And you can tell that, like... I am a smash of the kids. You are. Yeah. You're a smash. But coloring wise, I'm all my dad's coloring. Yeah, that's fine. But you're still a smash. (laughs) So not to toot my own horn after you said, that sounds like you. But she is 
considered beautiful and clever, and after being <laughs> cursed, considered quite insane. Oh my god, I cannot! <laughs> it's you! No wonder you wanted this topic. I'm joking, I still love you. <laughs> Alright, so serious note, content warning, there will be mentions of sexual assault coming up. Please take care of yourself while listening, or feel free to skip. I didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah. So she is depicted on many red and black pottery, and unfortunately, they are known as the Rape of Cassandra Attic faces. In them, she is immortalized, being attacked by Ajax the Lesser during the sacking of Troy. Odysseus asks that Ajax be stoned to death for his sacrilege of harming a supplicant under the protection of Athena's temple. But he threw himself on her altar and swore that he was innocent, which, like, balls. Big balls. To first attack someone under Athena's protection, and then drape yourself on her altar and be like, It wasn't me! I'm innocent! Yeah. So. I'm a little fuming, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I was too. I'm a little pissed. So, he did that. And because he did that, he avoided the wrath of the humans that were going to listen to Odysseus. Like, Odysseus said, please punish him. And they saw Ajax do this, and they decided not to punish him. Mm. But due to him attacking her in the Temple of Athena and the others' failure to hold him accountable... Athena sent a storm that sank most of the Greek fleet on their way home, with the help of Poseidon. Mm. So, Cassandra was a priestess of Apollo, and she caught his attention, and he desired to win her. So he bestowed on her the gift of prophecy, but when she didn't come to him after receiving the gift of foresight, he layered a curse on her that she would speak true, but no one would ever believe her. Here's my question. Yes. Did she know he expected her to come to him after he bestowed this lovely gift on her? It depends on the author, and I'm about to get into that. Damn it. Okay. So, stories differ on the intent of things depending on the author. Aeschylus said that Cassandra promised her favors to Apollo, but went back on her word after receiving the gift of sight. <sighs> That's fucked up. But according to Hyginus, Cassandra broke no promises. Apollo gave her the power to persuade her... And when she failed to fall for him, he cursed her, as he couldn't remove a God-given gift, but could change the circumstances of it. Mm. Which I think we've run into before, and we weren't finding an answer as to, like, why didn't they just fix it? It seems to be the recurring theme. They can't take away something they've bestowed, but they can complicate it. Fun. So... I wasn't going to bring this up, but, like, if I have to be scarred for life, y'all can be scarred for life. So in Well, then I get to get scarred for life. Oh, wait, you already scarred me. Because as did. soon as you read it, you were like, yeah. And I was I, like, let me know what's going on. I, I just feel like scarring everybody. Love you. This is gross. So, in some versions of the myth, the way that he curses her is by spitting in her mouth. <laughs> yeah, it's gross. <laughs> so... She was also the fraternal twin to Hellenus, another seer who was considered to be one of the greatest of seers, who was also Apollo's lover. And this is a male seer. Oh. Yes. I wasn't expecting that from no. that name. I was not expecting it. Was, right. You, you heard Helen this and, and you thought like, it was a woman. I thought it was a woman. Yes. Yeah. A to clear misunderstanding of the name. And I was like, ooh, the T. 
I guess he has a fondness for this family. (laughs) Yeah. The thing that was, well, one of the many things that's messed up about it is that Cassandra is actually the person that taught Hellenus the ways of prophecy. And he was just as skilled as she was, but he was considered a great seer because he was believed while no one believed her. Mm, That's fucked up. Mm -hmm. So because she was considered crazy by not just the citizens of Troy, but also her family, sometimes her father, King Priam, would have her locked up. Her care was undertaken by a wardress whose job was to care for her and then relay any prophecies she had to her father. Which, like, why would you even bother if you didn't fucking believe her anyway? But yeah, that was that was her ward's, like, job. Oh my gosh. Cassandra foretold the fall of Troy due to Paris' actions of stealing away Helen, the female. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. See why I was confused? Yes, I do. Okay. That was my great-grandma's name. Helen. Yep. She warned him not to go to Sparta. Her twin concurred, but was also ignored. So she predicted every step of the fall of Troy, from the Greeks hiding in the horse to the deaths of Agamemnon herself, Agithias, Clytemnestra, and the fate of her mother, Hakuba. Hakuba. She predicted Aeneas would escape and found Rome. All of these warnings were discarded. Troy fell, the city was sacked, she was attacked, and many died. Wow. Cassandra was taken by King Agamemnon as a concubine after that. Hmm. Eventually, she and Agamemnon were both killed by his wife and her lover, along with her two children. Wow. After her death, she went to the Elysian Fields because her soul was judged worthy because of her dedication to the gods throughout her life. Oh. So she at least got a happy afterlife. Oh, that's good. Schleiman believed he found her grave at Mycenae, where he excavated a grave of a woman holding two infants. Damn. And that is the life and death of Cassandra. Her story is so well known that even these days, calling someone a Cassandra is a way to say that they make accurate predictions but are not believed. Damn. You don't even have a chance to call me that before what I say comes true in the movies, though. Shut up. (laughs) I can't with you. I'll be like, this looks like this is going to happen. It happens in, like, less than a minute, and she's like, no, what I the get, hell, Leah? This is this is my curse because <laughs> I used to do that to my friends in horror films. You don't watch horror films, so I can't do that to you. I do not like horror films. No, but like if it's like sci-fi action, it's okay. Generally, generally, like Underworld. Yeah, Kate Beckinsale have like skin tight leather. <laughs> Your face. <laughs> we were discussing that outfit earlier when we saw it because it looks like it's painted on. Like, it was probably horrible to get on and off. I cannot imagine. All I keep thinking about is that episode of Friends when Ross tried wearing the leather <laughs> pants. <laughs> he was like, I added water. That didn't work. Now they're shrinking. So it's like baby powder. <laughs> and then he makes a paste. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't. I'm sorry. That was derailed real fast. Yeah. So, these days, besides the many attic vases that survive with her attack on them and many versions of statues and paintings depicting her, she can be found referenced in video games and in Harry Potter. Sybil Trelawney is a seer that is rarely believed, and it's said that her ancestor was Cassandra. In fact, her name, Sybil, 
also means prophetess. Hmm. I think the friend of Hercules in the Disney Hercules, his name is Cassandra. Oh, is it? Yeah, I remember trying to show it to you. You're like, isn't that the Cassandra that no one believes the prophecies of? And then she starts having a vision and no one believes what she says. I mean, that might have happened to have a bad memory. Never mind. I I don't remember seeing the TV show, but... I used to try to watch the TV show when I was a kid. When we were rich enough to have cable. That was like every once in a while. It's like once in a blue moon. I knew we were doing okay if I had Disney Channel. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have cable when I was little. Yeah. And with that, Eliza, tell me something to brighten the mood. Okay, so I've got a story for y'all. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you just looked if, at the word. If you're... If you're one of our 2% of listeners that are under the age of 18, please turn it off now. Like, I cannot be held responsible for corrupting you any more than I feel we have already corrupted you. Too late. Anyway, if anybody under the age of 18 is like how I was under the age of 18, they're probably going to still listen. I'm sorry in advance. This is going to happen. So we went to an overlook in Western Maryland this last Saturday. Which was really, really pretty. Way too many people for a random overlook we spent like two hours to get to. It was covered in graffiti. It was really cool. So we're coming back and we stop at a four-way stop, like not too far from the overlook. And there's this giant truck that says Beaver on it. It was like automotive detailing or yeah something to do with cars like maybe towing i don't know something and just leah just kept on being like beaver (laughs) it's a beaver (laughs) and i was was saying it with this tone beaver (laughs) (laughs) and just the whole ride back it we couldn't stop with the beaver (laughs) so like the first thing i said was like don't worry, fellas, if you get lost, you'll always find the beaver truck right there at the four-way stop. Don't worry, no problem. Anytime you go down, it'll be there. Turn left at the beaver truck. Turn left at the beaver truck. <laughs> Needless to say, it, it devolved very quickly. <laughs> As I'm sure you can imagine. Needless to say, we were a little hyper on the way home. There were there was no alcohol involved. We no. were completely sober when we were talking about the beaver. Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Another something to lighten the mood. Brighten, lighten, brighten things. Leah dyed my hair today. She was trying to go for, like, lime green and black. Well, the black is more of, like, a dark, dark blue. Which is okay, because I like blue. I've got many shades of blue. And then the lime green is not so apparent, but it's there. The cool thing about it is that that dye actually reacts to black light. And then we also got two new coffees from Bones Coffee, which we'll talk about probably like next weekend. When we can actually taste them. When we can actually taste them because we haven't tasted them yet. So I'm really excited about it. Yeah, they're having like an anniversary fifth birthday yeah so they're some of the packages i guess have extra presents in them yes and they happen to send my favorite coffee as the present coffee which i thought wasn't like either really lucky or they look at the things you've bought in the past (laughs) like hey they seem to like this flavor let's send them a small bag of that yeah so now sponsored but that was really sweet yeah leah tell me something to brighten the mood so 
my mom's birthday's coming up, so I was able to get her birthday present finished in time. And this will come out after her birthday, so happy 60th birthday, mama. So yeah. So another thing to brighten the mood is that you're kind of like not sure what to do today, but I was promised that I did not have to go in the out because I really did not want to go in the out today. She did not go in the out today, BT dubs. So we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do, whether it was movies or crafts or whatever, video games. And because I couldn't make up my mind, Eliza suggested that we get dressed up in spooky outfits. So we got dressed up and we were playing with swords Cane swords. Cane swords. Felt like a werewolf lord because (laughs) it was a wolf head cane that turned into a dagger. Yeah. I have a lot of weapons. And then... (laughs) You have a lot of swords. And throwing stars and axes and scythes. Some of those axes are mine. The one that's on the wall is yours. Mm -hmm. So... We did that, and then we took some fall pictures with, like, filters on and stuff. We had fun. So that's what we are up to today. All right, guys, as we're approaching fall, please take care of yourself. We're in fall. We are in As fall. we are approaching... The colder months. The colder times. Enjoy your surroundings and watching the leaves change. The way you're talking makes me think of, um... The main Sanderson sister in Hocus Pocus. <laughs> the one that's Goodbye, by... cruel world. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> what a beautiful morning. Makes me sick. <laughs> oh, I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is Coffee Table Mythos. We'll catch you next time, guys. Mm-hmm.